Hello, how do and welcome to episode four of today of Loose Lips. I'm Ben Random. Welcome to those who are coming through. Uh, my chat now is going to be with actor and presenter Gemma Hepworth. So we're going to be discussing the entertainment industry and uh, just a positive vibe that's going to be bursting out of this one i can tell it's going to be popping out at the seams if you're new to what this is this is loose lips as i say i'm ben random i've created this aimed towards uplifting the spirits of those who come into the crossing of watching it so there's a back catalogue that you can find on my youtube channel which is pop cult chic so go check that out when you do get the opportunity right now gem sent me a request so i'll accept and let technology do hey ben how are you doing how are you i'm well thank you i've even put some stars on for you today just because you're really colorful and out there <laughs> i seen the stars i was like i'll take that i'll take that i didn't know if it was down to me or david bowie but what you can have both <laughs> both love both do you know ben speaking to you i'm definitely going to get my yorkshire accent back now aren't i well, well you're back home are you know i am i'm back in wakey shaky wakey wakefield yeah so for people watching, you have been based in Manchester for a while, and that's where majority of people will know you from. But you are you actually from Wakey then? I well, I'm a Ponty lass, really, Ben. I'm a Ponty lass. Oh, is that the home of Maribor? It certainly is. Good knowledge. That's because I'm Mary Yorkshire. <laughs> I know all these things. I love that. You're proper Yorkshire. I'm such a proud Yorkshire lass, even though I'm very Manchester now, you know, with my work and my life. I talk about Yorkshire all the time, all the time. Well, you better get your accent fully back then while you're uh, quarantining in Wakey. I know, but, it's good to be back with family. What I, what I found though is Manchester is an incredible city. It is, it's, it's at the forefront. It's definitely leading in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Is that one of the reasons why you tended to settle in Manchester and how did it become that you, you went to Manchester in the first place? Well, I went to uni near Liverpool and um, kind of after graduating just veered towards Manchester for all my TV work, commercial work, theatre work, yeah. It was, it was kind of a decision that London was never ruled out the equation. I love London. It was, I'm such a proud northerner and I'm also a family girl and for me it was important to be just an hour down road over at Pennines you know yeah I respect that are you able to sort your camera out just slightly it's right blurred is it do you know where I think it is Ben I think it's the sun sorry I've not I've not been professional here <laughs> it, might be, it might be the sun is that any better no, no. Oh, yeah, wait, you're coming in. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is a bit better. Sorry. It's so bright in this room. There's so many windows and it's really hot, <laughs> which is great normally. But as I say, it's a bit bright. But I'll come a bit closer. Is that a bit better? I should have got me lighting out and everything. <laughs> <Not self-tape laughs> no. It's all right. I mean, no, it's still a bit pixelated, to be fair. Are you able is to just shut blinds on it or something? Just because... 
Yeah, well, I you out. what it might be, Ben, I don't know whether it's the internet connection as well, because there's so many, like, different things running at the moment on online. Fair. I don't know. Well, is that any better? Um, Andy, got my sound okay? Can you hear you me? Your sound's all right, so we'll just crack on. All right, love. Oh, sorry about that. No, it's all I right. Don't be daft, don't... Better lighting as an actor. I should have done all this. <laughs> It's all good, it's all good. So what did you um, study in uh, at uni? So at uni I studied drama. Um, I studied drama with education. Um, I kind of kept the education in because I love helping others. I think it's one of them that it was never like, oh, the backup plan if the acting didn't work out. It was always that kind of, I want to inspire people as well. So I wanted to keep that education there. And then I went to do a PGC after that because I loved kind of teaching so much. And I realized if you, if you go into teaching straight away, you're never going to be able to have a go at your own stuff, you know? Trying to find that balance between the two. Yeah, that's right. And it's so weird for me, like you talk to me now because... I'm obviously I'm a presenter on TV and I don't like being interviewed about my own stuff because I just think it's not like I can't talk about it I'm proud of the journey but you know when you used to like listening to other people's stories and you're like oh gosh is mine a bit boring <laughs> nah that's crazy everyone's life's got something to it and I wanted to reach out because of yeah the platform where it it, it it's been and, and it's, it's building to. So when you left uni, what was the sort of steps after that? Where did it roll through after? Well, I've always been um, a natural communicator and I'm a social butterfly, Ben, as you know, you've seen <laughs> me and you've been DJing. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the last time I saw you, I was presenting for Apple Music so randomly in Leeds at Leeds Uni, and you were DJing. Yeah, that was mad. I looked down, I was like, is that you? I was like, is it? I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That with Charlie great. Slough, wasn't it? That were you with Charlie Slough just before uh, like Freshers Week? I know. I felt so down with the kids, Ben, that I was like hanging out with Charlie Slough, and no, sorry, Charlie can't speak to you, and I'm. Oh. <laughs> I was like, just about to get an exclusive on Charlie. Just, just the two don't go together, Ben. <laughs> uh, sorry, you froze a bit then, but you were just saying what you and Charlie slot the two. I know, I just say the two just don't really go together. You know, it's, I'm really not in that kind of genre at all, but it was great fun. Did you get any freebies? Did you get any Apple freebies? Oh, I, yeah, I got loads. I got loads of them. Um, you know, the Chili's bottles? No. You know, like, the Chili's bottles that are, like, insulated water bottles? Right. Um, they're amazing. And I got so many of them, Apple Music branded, so that you, it keeps your brew warm, and it <laughs> also keeps your drink chilled. It's like, oh, I could be, like, a marketer for Apple music water bottles <laughs> what so it heats it but it also keeps stuff cool yeah so if you're on the go and you want to put a brew or a you know a coffee and your bottle it keeps it like insulated for about 12 hours <laughs> right you, if you've got any spare let me have one i'm up for having <laughs> any any freebies i'll have that so sorry i digress uh, straight 
okay, so when I left uni, I've always been like a natural communicator, a social butterfly. I was always intrigued by other people's stories. Don't get me wrong, the acting kind of happened. Of course, I'm a trained actor, but I started off in commercials, which, which was amazing. It just was so incredible to be on set. I remember being the regular barmaid on Hollyoaks for years at uni, just watching <laughs> everyone on set, you know, every single crew member intrigued about their background. And I was thinking, oh, this is where I want to be. But actually, I think it was kind of the natural progression for me as the years went on that I was always going to be a sharer of stories for other people, um, which is great. You know, I still do the acting quite often. I'm going to be in a music video soon. Check me out. <laughs> <laughs> One of Charlie Sloth's contacts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish. Charlie Sloth, come on. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, but, yeah, so I think because I'm quite an honest person and I'm genuine and I'm creative, I love to empower others and inspire other people. So I've done that over the years with my presenting and I kind of fell in love with that side. Oh gosh, you're gonna laugh. I st well, I started out with the most random jobs as a presenter. I, I used to do corporate videos for like companies, you know, like easy bathrooms, um, Yorkshire companies, Manchester companies, you know, kids, Re recycling videos and then I, I went on to a gardening show on Sky and I've never been into gardening right but it was so interesting the the content and the whole setup of it and then from there I progressed shopping television I was a shopping tv presenter then what's that like what's it I've always wondered what it's like to present on one of them it was it was very pressured and I don't mean that in the sense of a pressured job a pressure as a presenter because it's live you've got mm. an earpiece in so your producer's telling you the prices what's coming up next yeah what's dropping what's going down and then like oh, also God, like yeah. if calling out the people that have come through and ordered as well yeah totally so there was all that. And then, of course, you've got to be really interesting to the viewers. So you're kind of telling a story about your life or about this uh, gemstone and this ring uh, and the value of it and where it comes from. And then, of course, you've got this going on in your ear about the price and we've got to move on. And then you've got people interacting with you like you do on your Insta video. So you've got about four things going on at once and it's three in the morning so you're pretty shattered you're not like with it <laughs> I, I, do you like when you're putting your stories because there is a bit of a story and then it goes into the item and you've got all the information on the item that you're selling as well so like yeah. what what brief do you get do you get just what the item is and then you're filling everything else in between that <laughs> of it's it's almost like you prep with your producer beforehand so you have specialist hours so there might be a full hour of um under 10 pounds and the viewers will know that so they'll tune in at that hour or you know there might be nurses coming off a night shift or you know it's it's so fast paced you've really got no time to think it's such a roller coaster and then all of a sudden you're like what and then i'm back up north at home in my bed and I'm like, oh, did that just happen? 
That's mad. That's mad. So where did it progress from there then? And how long were you, where, how long were you doing that for? Um, I did shopping TV for about two and a half years as a freelancer. And then I fell into um, actually a company in Leeds on um, the Hedgerow. Yes, that's right, Gemma. <laughs> Leeds knowledge isn't as good as it should be. Um, it was um, a company called Axon Media and they're based in London and Manchester as well. And they're great. They, they're storytellers through content and clients such as AGK, um, Warwickshire County Council News. And I'd be the presenter on the green screen and I'd have an auto cue and I'd be updating people in all them different. So it was kind of like a kids TV slash informative news bulletin about different right. companies. So that was really good. And I worked for them for about two years as well. Um, still got loads of mates from there, you know, in Yorkshire. So yeah, it's, um, and then from there, I got my own show on telly. <laughs> Which, wow, yeah, describe, describe that to us. Yeah, um, so my chat show was Arts and Culture in Manchester. It was Manchester TV, a bit like you've got in Yorkshire. You've got... Um, Made in Leeds, Leeds, now known as Leeds TV. One. Yeah, know it very well. You know it very well, but of course you do. You're involved in all that. So, yeah, I. it's called That's Manchester TV, and we launched... It must have been 2015 now. Yeah, so... We launched and I just put the pitch. There was a lot of pictures I pitched them. There was a big breakfast style breakfast kind of program, which would have been great because I've always loved like Denise Van Outen, Kelly yeah. Brook, Johnny Vaughan, Chris Evans, that kind of era. I'm much a, a kind of 90s chick in that sense. But then they kind of like that fizzled out and they wanted more news sort of see, sort of straight down the line news. And then mine, I thought, well, Gemma, you love the theatre. You're always at the theatre. You're mates with loads of actors and presenters and soap stars. So why not make a show about it? People might be interested in what they've got to say, which it turned out they did. So how long did that run for? Um, well, my chat show ran for about two and a half years, Ben. But the thing was, it never kind of came to an end. I never quit. Um, I actually had another show alongside that, which was a comedy show called Gem and Cole's Super Duper Show. So my friend Jason Manford, has, his brother Colin Manford is also a stand-up comic. And yeah, he's, a, he's he, a booker as well, isn't he? A comedy booker. Yeah, for Manford's Comedy Nights. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So he was... We, we had this idea about pranking people and doing sketches, but we didn't have the budget. As you know, local TV... Is, Everything's done on a shoestring. <laughs> yeah, you're not in agreement there. Definitely. So we decided to just, like my show, my arts and culture show, was a kind of this is your life about local actors, writers, directors, creative freelancers in Manchester, musicians, bands. So we decided the comedy show could be a spin on that and it kind of plugged stand-up comedy in Manchester. So the stand-up comics would come in to the studio and we'd interview them, sort of like a bit of a backstage green room type 
tell us the gossip, what you're up to, where you're going to be gigging. Uh, then a sketch would happen, then Colin would usually prank me, then we'd have social media requests, and we'd have a social media corner with Alvin, who'd be reading out the tweets live. And it really kind of was, it, you, could, you know, it's 2015, so it wasn't, it's like five years ago, whereas that really wasn't happening as it is now, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it had a, it would have had a good energy as well, because I think sometimes that's what local TV can suffer. It can suffer in not giving the accent of the city, and it can suffer by not by trying to be too straight laced. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And the content on that channel was great. It gave you the news you wanted, but it needed some some kind of character and colour as well. Um, yeah, because so, you, you are, you are, even though it's local, you are still competing against all the other channels. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and I think with that, as I say, I, I'm going to be so kind of honest now, I'd love to bring that back then, but my life can, kind of took a bit of a different direction. I got the opportunity to go on a cruise ship and travel the world as a presenter. Now, I hate having regrets. I'm such a believer in it. You know, I'm very ambitious, but I'm also, I don't want to have regrets that I never did it. And I thought, well, I was young, well, I was single, well, I was kind of fit enough uh, because I know how hard it is on cruise ships. Then I should really embrace that. So I did veer away from it, but I had two and a half years of wonderful guests. I've got friends for life. I've got memories. I've got inspiration. I've got I carry that every day with me now, and that is so deep and blowing cliche, isn't it? But it really, it meant the world. That, that show to me was my baby. And then when you went to the cruise ships then, because that's a complete curveball that's come into this. So how did you find <laughs> that? Amazing. Again, the travel, wow. If you had, you know, a bit of savings, you couldn't have traveled as much as we did because we did every Caribbean island wow, it was an adventure for six months, you know, I did just shy of seven months. And then we went over to Europe and I met the best people. You know, you live with these people, you work with them and you travel with them. So they are another level, the friendship you create on, on those, on the ships. It's, it can be incestuous as well. I can tell you now. <laughs> I can imagine, it, it, it surely has to be. It's sure if you're on a boat for that long, it surely has to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It has to be. You make friends with the guests, but it's also work. You know, for me as a presenter on a ship, I worked my way up to senior host and then I worked my way up to entertainment coordinator. I could have easily had a life on ships forever because I am so passionate about people and their stories, but I'm also passionate about my own travel and my own kind of adventures. So don't get me wrong, I'll never say never to do a shorter contract, but for me, I knew I still had things to do on land as uh, in my own career. What's it like when you're on, on for that length of time? Like, you know, when you're just in middle of like ocean or middle of like Caribbean sea or wherever, it must just be weird. Like, and, and also, do the days feel longer? Oh, goodness. A week feels like a month. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I bet there's not in... a lot of variation either. No, you're doing, um, 
you're doing 15 hour days. We didn't have a day off. The vocalists and dancers had a day off of rest and evening. We didn't, as presenters, we didn't have a rest day or a rest evening. So I worked solidly for just over six months without a day or night off. I mean, don't get me wrong, you get hours off, you get time off. So that means hours in the day off. So you'd either be on the morning or the afternoon shift. So you'd be on one or the other. And then you did every single evening on stage, either presenting the West End shows in the lounge or the interactive game shows and quizzes. So That yeah. sounds intense. Oh, it was, oh, goodness me, it was. It was wonderful, but it was very, very intense. And I must say, it affects your physical and mental health. Yeah. You have to be, I actually think, I mean, I'll never say I'm too old for things, but I actually think it, you're in your prime on a cruise ship in your 20s, and I went on in my 30s. So I do kind of wish I'd done it a bit earlier. But, you know, I never, again, I'm glad I got to do it anyway. Would you say that's one of the toughest roles that you've done? Oh, 100%, yeah. People say, oh, goodness, shopping TV must have been difficult, you know, and I'm like, no, cruise ship life is, is yeah, the, wow, the hardest. Fair. But re most rewarding as well, you know, because you cannot get them skills. If you said, I want to be a presenter, or I want to be a singer, or I want to be a dancer, and you've qualified, and you've got your technical training, and you've got your qualifications, you are on stage every single night. You cannot do that in a job unless you absolutely land a job where, you know, you're not on shopping TV every night. You're not on a gardening show every night. You're not on stage in the West End every night. You know, it's, it's a, a really good training ground for your skills. And then is it the same shows that are on each night then? Or do they, are they on like... What's how does it work with the itinerary? Because obviously it's the same people on the boat, so there has to be new shows. Yeah, that's right. So we had a guest act each week. So for instance, a stand-up comic, say for instance, a guy who used to come on a lot was the guy from Blackpool, uh, Terry Cotter. I think he's Blackpool. I'll know if he's watching. He'll go mad. Um, <laughs> he used to come on, and and he wasn't. There was different kind of acts. It wasn't just stand-up comedians. It was magicians, um, goodness, vocalists. Um, there was a lot of acts from like the 80s or 90s. You'd had kind of one hit wonders or albums in the 90s and they'd come on and then it'd be advertised of that'd be the night our vocalists and dancers would have off and they would come on and do a late night show and, uh, and be so, so ours was very different because we had different game shows to present each night, so. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> and then when you finally you felt like it was time to, as you put, like come back on land, which just sounds funny. You've been on sea, now you want to come back on land. Um, <laughs> what, what what year does that bring us up to? Like if we're gonna uh, um, chronicleize it, I suppose last year really because I did another contract. Um, I just did a month on the transatlantic which was going from um barbados over to europe so what happens then is you have a load of sea days so you basically have to fill the time with a lot more entertainment so last year i did my final cruise ship contract and i came home early may so yeah i suppose it's nearly current day doesn't it <laughs> and now what are you doing because i have you gone back into 
um, well, looking to t train and teach people the arts? Yeah, kind of. I, I, I do, you know, after the whole shopping TV thing and goodness me, gardening show and my own producing and presenting my own TV show. And I did a lot on radio as well. Um, you know, I feel like I've almost done every avenue, which isn't, that's it for me. I'm retired. I want to do it. It's my passion. I, I carry on, you know, I'm still acting. I'm doing music videos. I've got a new commercial coming out. Um, I think it's May because they're paying me in May. So that's usually <laughs> when it comes out because when they pay you, it means it's time. So yeah, that's coming. Um, but yeah, presenting wise, as I said, I do a lot of live events now, Ben. So I saw you at one when I was presenting for Apple Music, um, which was in Leeds. I did that in Liverpool. I do, I do a lot of festivals presenting with, I presented recently, it was amazing, with Dean Michael, as in the Yorkshire lad, he was, you know, the whole Agadoo black lace. <laughs> he was my co-presenter. It was the best day ever. As class, fair play. But then, how 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 is it? Uh, you you doing the the training as well side of it, training other people. So I'm doing something new, which is quite exclusive. I've not talked about this before. Ah, um, exclusive. Oh, so you're getting an exclusive one. Whoop whoop. Um, and then, well, how do I explain it? So. I love social media and I've always been quite good, I've been told, at networking, whether it's in the theatre or coming to see you DJ Ben um, and then hanging around. And I think I want to kind of not teach people how to do it because that sounds a bit, oh, well, I don't know, that doesn't sound great, does it? I want to mentor people and give them the skills and the confidence to be able to benefit from it. Yeah. So, you know, my chat show on the telly, I used to get, say, an actor in the chair and they tell me all about their life or what they're up to at the moment. So I love that side. I get a buzz. I'm so passionate about helping others in their career. So if the actor comes to me and says, Jem, I want to, one, up my social media game, uh, then I can help with that side um <laughs> content wise uh, i half easily have a chat with them in a meeting beforehand see which direction they want to go in i've got a lot of stand-up comedy mates so obviously everyone's got their own genre so to yeah. speak also um i can i, I can take over it because i've got a, a lot of actors who are more kind of established but they haven't got the time to be on social media um yeah and i say established without being rude because these established actors you know they're in the my friends who were in the 50s are like Jem I don't know how to do Instagram I don't know how to do Twitter like you and you've you know I always say Ben and this is a tip to your viewers now with social media it isn't essentially about the quantity of followers it's the quality of your followers yeah, I agree it really is. And I mean that in the sense of, I don't mean that they have to be established with a blue tick at the side of their name. I mean, let's say for instance, you're a stand-up comedian and you've got 300 followers, but those 300 followers are either bookers, like for instance, we just spoke about Manford's Comedy Club. I'm not a stand-up comic, but I know that industry through doing my comedy chat show. So you've got the bookers on there. You've got 
people who are your fans who are going to pay to come to your gigs they want to know when your next gig is so i'm doing it on a bit of a, a a different slant where I'm not just going to kind of tell them what to put content to put on their social media. I'm going to do kind of like you're doing now, Ben, on Insta Live uh, with them, either on my platform or on their platform. And I'm also going to do, I'm going to take it back to the old school. <laughs> I'm not bringing the pink sofa back where I used to have, but I'm going to do interviews with them and put that across their social media for video content and my social media and wherever they want to put it, you know? And yeah, and have one-to-one -one kind of coaching sessions with them. I'm all, I'm all about, I love inspiring others and making other people feel fizzy with creativity, you know? There is a good connection when you are able to spark different ideas for that creativity, that creativity to flourish. Yeah. I think I that's where the, the true magic and sparks really come through is when you get to collaborate with other people and share those ideas in that domain. Oh, you know, it's so important. You know, it, it's so bloody arsy to say this, but even as an actor or a creative freelancer, you are your own brand. Yeah. And if you piss someone off, I mean, I'd swear on this, Ben. Yeah, I'm of course sorry. you are. <laughs> I know it's not kind of kids TV, but... If you piss someone off in the industry, be it in real life on set, or word of mouth gets round that you're a bit of a diva in the Or difficult to work with, yeah. Or you're on social media. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to give this example on social media. So, you know, that kind of trend, not trend, but unfortunate thing. Earlier this year, we had that kind of current be kind. Yeah. On Twitter, on Facebook, hashtag be kind you know, think yeah. before you tweet, etc. Then weeks later, I'm seeing these people who have been either keyboard warriors or being nasty on Twitter or, you know, sending personal messages to people or commenting on their grid, their Insta grid, abuse or hate. Mm. And I just think, why? How? It's so transparent if you're honest with integrity and genuine or not and that is so important as a creative whether you're an actor writer director it's dancer vocalist it's the biggest and only commodity you have really is your integrity yeah yeah and i can't i i'm not i'm not a saint ben we've all made mistakes you know i don't just mean in life i mean in our careers you know i just think you know <laughs> You've got to be so true to yourself and just think, count to 10 if you have to. Maybe write it. Sometimes if you're angry on Twitter, what I do now is, <laughs> Twitter's one of them places, it's getting a name for itself at the moment that can be quite an angry place. I write it either in a note on my apps or, or write it literally on a, on a notepad and then I read it again. I do. If I, if I feel I'm there, whether it's a political status yeah. or post or it's something to do with the industry that I'm passionate about you really need to do that really I think the thing with Twitter though and I've only just again recreate uh, created a new uh, handle on there just because of doing this and you can align the post on here to go on a Facebook and Twitter so I'm not really on it it's just uh, a platform for this to be shared on there as well but yeah I do think that the, there is like, a, 
it feels like it's real antagonistic uh, platform. And um, I don't think people really would. I love what you've given. And if people did that, that's an amazing example. But I think a lot of what Twitter is, is the flying off the handle. That's where the, the buzz is. The buzz isn't in reconsidering what you put in. And um, we did a surprise birthday party for one of our friends, Helen, uh, during lockdown. So we all did it on Zoom. And then oh, yeah. as, as, as we got later on, and uh, obviously we're a bit more looser and just chatting and just been a bit more like dafter, uh, we were, were actually comparing uh, Clayton. He was a, a guest footballer, captain for Bradford City, because he was a guest the other week. He just said that Twitter is dangerous. I agree. I think Twitter is definitely dangerous. You got It's almost like yeah. you've got to uh, attend to it with like oven gloves on because it can get too hot to handle. But we were on about like just joking around what party political parties would the social media brands be so we've got facebook which i think's tory i think <laughs> i think i think instagram instagram we were trying to think if it was like uh labor but i think we might have opted for it being green and then um my mate like was like what are you saying facebook's tory like why and i gave an example of like just basically how it starts. It, it promises you the world, but it takes so much for you. And, it, and it's autonomy. And anyway, what getting out. But then he like he walked out of the room and he had to think about it. And he came back in and he was like, I thought that Twitter would be more Tories, but it's not. You're right, Facebook's Tories, but what would you put Twitter as? And I thought about it, I was like, BMP. That's what Twitter feels like. It feels like proper EDL. It feels like it's proper the furthest never region of just That's like... just gone another level there, Well, that's... <laughs> wow, that escalated. <laughs> that's what Twitter seems, though. Like, it just seems like it's a lot of rage on there. It's just a lot of hidden rage that really uh, won't be spoke about face-to-face, -face, but behind the keyboard in the mask of a laptop or a, a desktop or what have you. I agree. I mean, I think with the acting side, it's very difficult because what you've got to realise as actors, I'm sure you're very, very observant in this sense that even a self-tape audition, which a lot of us are doing during lockdown, takes so much time. It takes time to learn the script. It takes time to prep it, to make a character choice, to do a setup. Then it takes time to light it and script it. And then it takes time you know, you've got to realise that makeup, you know, for a girl, we've got to do our makeup and hair. Then we've got to do the blooming thing and then it might look rubbish. So you do it again and then you might do 15 takes and that's just one self-tape audition. Now, if it's going out into the ether of Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and you're sharing it for a monologue, I don't know, actors in isolation group, um, and then someone's commenting negative things on that. I think, hey, all that effort and that, it's you, it's your talent. They um, Would they say that to your face? Well, this is because it. I, I think this now, is the difference. I bet they wouldn't. Is what would people say to people's faces to what they believe they can say online? But I yeah. think this is an interesting area we're in now because do you think things that get posted up are public property? And that, with that respect, then, people are entitled to their complete opinion, be it if they are being nasty or what have you, because it's public property and you've almost let go of it and it's how people take it. Or do you feel 
that, and I'm sure like we're similar in this, it's like, it's public property, but there's still people behind that. And it's like, it's almost like people become desensitized to the, 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 the personality or the actual person to it. They're just seeing what is up there. And, and, and before you answer that, the reason why I've, I've given those examples is because I feel like it's the people who post out that have to retain the strength by being detached. Because if we see it as public property, then it's up to people to do what they want. And as long as we're detached from it, then we're not impacted by the feedback or the criticism. And, and also on the other side, the accolades and the adulation that comes, it's that, it, you know, we should take so much pride in what we're putting out that that's the reward, everything that we've gone through to actually put that piece of body of work out. Look, you know, social media, um, you might not never meet these people in real life who are your fans, your followers, your your friends, you might be on there who you do see in real life. It's It's such a platform that's so dynamic and diverse. I think it's your journey, essentially. You know, in your career, we always talk about it's the climb, it's the journey that matters, not the end goal. Of course, you've got to get to that end goal, but your journey is just as important. And I think with Twitter and the likes of, I don't know, it's even TikTok now, social media is becoming, it's becoming instant. And if we're not like that on a phone replying immediately, we've lost that moment. You know, you only have to think, I've done a lot of videos for Unilad and it's gone viral as as a comedy actor and you know it's got to be so current or it's in the bin we did a full day on one particular current thing oh goodness it was on fidget spinners and it was such a great video we spent weeks prepping it and i remember shooting it and it never went out because uh, the manchester arena bombing happened so there um obviously that was for uni um Unilad, so it's quite a Manchester company. Um, and yeah, I think it's one of them where you've got to be so careful. So they gave that exam, reason I gave that example is because if you're gonna put some content on, whether you program it to go out at 7 p.m. tonight or 7 a.m. in the morning, it might not always go to plan, meaning you might get a reaction that's negative or positive, but also perfect example at the minute coronavirus you know people are really keen on watching the media on that and some people aren't and some people want to be distracted by that they want to be distracted in the sense of they want light relief but then you're going to get the haters maybe on twitter saying how insensitive of you mm. there are people dying in the hospitals but then you might get people saying how dare you make a joke and then you might get people saying, no, I want to, I, you can never win. I, I shared something, I was so angry the other day on Facebook, I shared something like that. And it was a video, of a very small minded woman, probably Tory. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm not being political on this. Um, and she was very angry and she was just speaking absolute nonsense. It wasn't facts, it was her opinion. And it was very, very scary and dangerous because she was advising people. It was almost like the Donald Trump thing with the debt all and yeah. it was very dangerous. And I got told off for sharing that from my friends because I was giving her a platform and more viewers. And I didn't think of it that way. Bad. But I was just so angry at the time. Anyway, that's I've digressed again, Ben. But yeah. Digression is the best way of the chat. <laughs> 
I just think that you've made, you've kind of got to be a bit selfish. It's like real life, you know, you've got to be a bit selfish at times. In terms of do good and help others and inspire and motivate others and be as socialist as you possibly can in life and on social media. Um, and you'll always get rewarded. And I don't mean necessarily financially. I mean, in your, whether it's in your soul, in the, t in the kind of sense that you feel that you've helped someone and that lovely feeling of kindness. And I have been overwhelmed by the kindness of strangers lately, Ben, and we won't go into details. We haven't got long left, but I uh, recently, I'd been three and a half weeks with COVID-19. I've hardly left bed until about oh, four days ago. So I've been very much kind of putting stuff on my Twitter and my Instagram and my Facebook live videos, all about helping others in advising them what's helped me with coronavirus and my breathing and my still got no taste and smell, you know? It's, so yeah, I think it's just, you've just got to be very aware of what's going on. There, well, you brought it back to you and I wanted to sort of wrap up by this, but what is next for you? What do you see yourself uh, when this is all done? And I didn't actually know about the COVID-19 um, part, which you'd been like, you'd, you'd had it. So I don't know if uh, the two merge or like, yeah, how do you see once lockdown's done, uh, what's going to be next for you? So my friends were amazing and also colleagues from years ago of dropping care packages and food shopping and meds on my doorstep because I lived on my own in Manchester. I've recently relocated back during lockdown to Yorkshire, which is amazing. But also I'm aware that without other people, I couldn't have, well, I'd have been, my mental health and my actual physical health with coronavirus would have suffered. I was in hospital twice and I think, I think I've obviously that whole thing of, again, maybe cliche to say, and I think a lot of people will say this coming through this, they are very much grateful for being in recovery and a survivor. But I am grateful. I'm on walks. I'm taking time for myself to Zoom people from my past and have a Zoom call. I've not spoke to people in 10 years who I worked with 10 years ago on a tour of, of schools for BP or on a cruise ship. And I'm really, really making that something I have to do now. And also, Ben, I'm a bit of a workaholic, so I can't switch off from work or social media or, oh, I've got to do this, or this audition needs doing. Or I need... So I'm very conscious that life isn't all about work. And I've learned that through this. And I'm giving myself challenges to do in my personal life as well as my professional life. So for instance, this week, my challenge is to watch one Ken Loach film each evening because I love him. He's my favorite director. And that's for me because I want to do stuff for me as well as my work, you know? Amazing, amazing. I wanted to speak with you on this because you are an uplifting, beautiful soul. You are... And uh, it's good to know that even after contracting it, you still have that optimism and outlook for life as well. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really grateful for my family and my friends. And I've always been grateful, very much so, in ups and downs in my life. And I want people to see, not just me personally as a performer, but people who are either on the journey at the beginning of their journey as a creative 
or you know middle ground middle level or established i want people to see the real journey that's mm. what i'm very very really focusing on instagram we're all guilty of putting the positives and the nice aesthetics and the wonderful positive things that are happening in our lives i don't mean you know I'm, i love how people might show a, a bikini picture that hasn't been airbrushed i love that but also the, the, the highs and lows of being a performer has to happen because people think they're on their own when they see Joe Bloggs has got this role or they see uh, Joe Bloggs has got this agent or so-and-so is going to be starting this theatre run and they're on all this money. It's not like that. It really isn't. Even those people have their struggles personally and professionally. So it's got to be real, Ben. That journey has to be real on social media. And that's where I'm going to help others um, on their journey as a creative digital marketing consultant. <laughs> How fancy do I sound? <laughs> quality, quality. Well, good luck with that. And uh, the best of the uh, recoveries as well with your health and everything. And no doubt when this is done, I'll see you on the other side. But you take care, my lovelies. And remember to step up that Yorkshire accent. <laughs> Stay safe, sweetheart. Love and light. Yes, peace Goodbye. and light to you as well, my love. Bye. Bye, darling. So there you are. Jem Hepworth, I wanted to speak with her because she's just an upbeat bubbly positive soul i didn't actually know that she had contracted covid19 so to wear that at the end and still see that that air of optimism for life is still like oozing out of those incredible to see so yeah that was a chat with jem hepworth if you're new to this i'm ben random this is my chat show loose lips it's all about spreading those good vibes we've had three previous chats before this one today which are up on my instagram live so I just add at ben random and you can see them there i've got one more interview coming up a chat with a gent called James Guy, who is the head hunter and founder of King of the Hills. Now, King of the Hills, they specialise in being a platform for urban and grime artists by helping them shoot videos or giving them a platform to share their videos so that more people can see their content content and to get more exposure so that's going to be happening in 15 minutes at seven o'clock if you want to see any of my back catalogue of all my previous interviews then go on to youtube and put in pop cult chic and you can see literally i think we've done over 30 chats now over the past three or four weeks all geared towards inspiring and giving you all a lot of optimism through this time so definitely take time out of your day to go check that back catalogue other than that peace and light to you and yours and i'll see you in a few